All right, so hey, this morning uh, we're in a second part of a series on the generous life. And so uh, Pastor Nate started us off last week uh, talking about the heart of generosity. I'm going to be talking this week about the lifestyle of generosity, and it's, it's a message that absolutely has to flow out of uh, a heart of generosity. So this is really kind of dovetailing. Maybe it's a part two from what he started and did so well last week. Now, uh, one of his main uh, uh, Bible uh, scripture references was the widow and her widow's mites, and um, he, he thoroughly prepared, he properly prepared and ordered uh, replicas of widow's mites to come. But how many people beside the Church of Grace and Peace have had some struggles with your mail, your postage, your delivery carriers in the recent weeks, months, huh? Just, wow. I was going to say, if you haven't, come lay hands on us because we need some breakthrough here. Well, well, the widow's mites, they came on Monday. So close, so close, but not quite there. But anyway, they're here at the altar, all gathered around where at the end of service, feel free to come grab them. And again, certainly today is going to remind us, uh, I, I just for me, I, I love whenever there's something tangible that I can look at, you, you know, we can take uh, the, the couple of weeks of truth that the Lord is encouraging our hearts. And, uh, you, you know, we can look at this and, and it can stir up the things that God wants us to remember and take away. How I many you know Lord, the Lord just doesn't want us to do information today? right? He wants us to take things away. Amen? Right? Things that we walk out and that we grow in. So, so we're going to be talking about the lifestyle of generosity. And although you'll hear me tie it back in with finance, because at the end of the day, we can't escape uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But by far, the lifestyle of generosity, it's, it's really just that. It's lifestyle. And it moves into any, anything that is within our stewardship. We want to be able to uh, have a generous attitude toward, other, toward others with that. And so the key truth, really, that, that we have to weave throughout, all we talk about is we have been shaped by God in Christ to give ourselves away and to bless others. Amen? In fact, so much so has God wired human beings that way that if we don't live in, in that place of generosity, that place of selflessness, well, the opposite is going to be that we're going to be selfish and stingy. And, and the opposite effect happens. Rather than us having a life-giving uh, walk and devotion with the Lord, we wind up uh, just kind of getting, we, we start to rot on the inside. When, when we hold it all in, when we, we don't allow ourselves to be that, that vessel uh, that God flows through. So he blesses us to be a blessing. And again, I'm going to paint this out a little bit this morning. This goes far beyond uh, dollars and cents for sure. But what we're going to do in these next few minutes, we're going to look at a handful of truths that will grow us in our generosity. So it starts in the heart, but then if we're going to allow what God does in our heart to be worked out in our lifestyle, it's got to affect the way we think. It's got to affect our worldview around us. So it's not enough just, just to have an awareness of God's mind on the topic. We want it to be on the lens of the landscape that we look out and we see life going on around us. Can you say amen? So as we know the Word of God, as we stir up the Word of God, these principles, these truths, then a, a lifestyle uh, flows out of it. So, so let's get into them. The first, oh, and by the way, if you're, you're taking notes, there's a, a sheet in your, in your connection there where you can take notes along. Here's the first fill-in. Giving defines and demonstrates the true character and nature of God. 
So when we recognize that we've been made in God's image, when we recognize that the Lord wants us to look more and more like him, uh, we, we have to acknowledge his very character and nature uh, is that of, of generosity and giving. I mean, it's right there in Genesis. It starts right at the start of all things that he wants us to know. And then, of course, we know God so loved the world that he gave. He's the ultimate model of this. So, so a key thing that we got to really get rooted in, if we're going to uh, uh, demonstrate and define the true character and nature of God in generosity, we need to realize that people have value. How many know... It's not too hard for us to live like some people have value. Some people, it's easier, let's be honest, to see that truth that they have value. But certainly before the Lord, what does he teach us in this word? While I was still his enemy, right? Uh, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. And the same thing goes for you as well. So the value of people individually needs to be one of the first things that's anchored uh, in our hearts, in our understanding when we interact. So when people are acting uh, not so nice, that we can see them with this maturity in Christ to realize, but they are so valuable to God. And therefore, they're so valuable to me. So this is one of the most essential elements that a Christian has to learn in order to reflect the love and grace of God. Just to realize people are valuable. I tell you what, I, I so want to be reminded of this, that for, for this calendar year, I literally have it on my bookmark for my calendar and my planner. The first thing I have written down there is that uh, people are valuable. Actually, what I have written is all people are valuable. And then the next thing I have to write down is to today add value to people, right? Because that should be the outflow of if people really, really matter that much to God, then I want to keep on the radar. How can, can I live a generous life? How can I live to where I'm, in, I'm demonstrating his love and his grace toward others? So a lifestyle of that kind of giving makes us very unique to the world. It shows Christ's heart to the world around us. Amen. The, the next principle that we can live on uh, to grow uh, in a lifestyle of generosity is to remember the reason for living is giving. The reason for living is giving. And that goes back to, remember, uh, we're wired on the inside to be able to bless and sow into others. Our world says get all you can, but believers say give all you can. So I just want to ask this morning, so how are you aimed, just in your life in general, how are you aimed? Are you aimed more selfishly or are you aimed more selfless? You know, uh, it is the, the selfless person will say, what's mine is yours. A selfish person will say, what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine, right? I mean, we see that illustrated in, in, in little children, too. We have to train them up in the way to go. There, there was a sermon that a country preacher was sharing with the congregation, and he, he was just getting cooking, you know, and he said, now let the church walk. And all of a sudden, Deacon Jones jumped in and, and shouted out from the congregation, amen, let the church walk. And he said, let the church run. And Deacon Jones right after that echoed, let the church run. The, 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 the preacher went on, let it fly. And amen, brother, came out of Deacon Jones, let the church fly. Then the pastor went on to say, now, it's going to take some money to make the church fly, brother, over to, over to Deacon Jones, who then responded, let it walk, let it walk. 
right? It's one thing to, to just say in our hearts somewhere out there, yeah, just let it be. It's another thing to say, oh, no, it's me. I have to step in. The reason for living is giving. So which way are we pointed uh, here today? Uh, okay, the next principle, uh, keep, uh, or giving keeps our lives in the proper perspective. So I want to make some balancing statements in what I say here. And when we look at the biblical picture toward being prospered, the biblical picture toward finance, the biblical picture toward poverty and lack, we have been redeemed in Christ from poverty and lack. God, his desire is to make his people in whatever setting the head and not the tail. Amen? Right? And so it's his desire to entrust and to steward into our hands uh, the, that which can be used to bring blessing to others. The, the starting point in biblical economics 101 is to realize that none of it's ours anyway, right? At the end of the day, we, all we can be on this earth is stewards of what God allows to come into our hands. You know, we can talk about, well, I worked myself up from my bootstraps and what I have is because I've done it. And the Word of God does tell us every good and perfect gift comes from above, right? So when we recognize uh, for the person who's in Christ, the person who's not walking with Christ, ultimately it's all the Lord's. And so when we see through a stewardship perspective, you know, money, treasure, possession, it's not evil. It's not wrong. However, if we let our flesh get overgrown, if we start to love money, right, then we're going to get into some some problem. We're going to look at a verse in just a minute that talks about it. But giving is something built in that God will allow us. That's a part of our lifestyle, generosity. It's going to keep things always in proper perspective. So uh, it reminds us that God is our source, that he's in control. And uh, when we're able to give something away, it demonstrates our control over it, right? Uh, There's a a person years ago that I heard say, whatever we can't say no to has mastered us, right? And that works in any arena that we're looking at. That's why practicing uh, sacrifice, selflessness, uh, fasting, uh, things in the realm of discipline to tell our flesh no on a regular basis, you know, that carnal nature that wants to do selfishness. We're to take up our cross every day and, and deny that, literally crucify that nature. And it's a daily walk of faith that we do. But every time that we can say yes to something, it's, uh, or, or say no to something, depending on which way we're looking at it, uh, we give God command in our lives. George W. Carroll was a wealthy philanthropist who gave huge sums of money to a certain Christian denomination. And he was, uh, you know, really prospered during the time that led into the Great Depression. And during that time, uh, he lost a great deal uh, when the Great Depression hit. And uh, there was a time where he was viewing a building that he had given money to help construct. And somebody asked him, you know, are you sorry now? And look at all that's going on around us. Are you sorry now that you gave all that money away? And he said, no way. All that I kept for myself is lost. The only thing that's preserved is what I gave away. Right? And, and when we look at what we sow into the kingdom, what we sow into souls, what we sow, in, what sow into people that matter so much, that's what follows us into heaven. 
You know, I, I've, I, I am a little bit of a, I, I can create clutter. I can gather clutter. You know, my real, my Achilles heel is books. You know, and I've been really trying to practice, like when you, when you bring a book into the house, read it before you get the next book. I have to confess, it's, I'm not there, but I, I am getting better, you know. Sometimes, you know, I have to just bring it back to, Jim, let's look at reality here. None of this stuff is following you to heaven. So just keep it in perspective. Sometimes I'll be at Barnes & Noble just to look at the books and say, no, no, no. You will not master me. I don't care if it's a book about the Lord. I don't care if it's a book about, you, you, know, you understand what I'm saying, right? So um, 1 Timothy 6, verses 7 to 10. We brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich. So again, you heard me balance a little bit earlier. There's nothing wrong to say, I want God to bless me because there's so much that needs to be done. There's a difference between that and I have a picture for all I want to collect unto me. That, that's what it's talking about here. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For, here it is again. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Do you know that's probably the number one misquoted verse? People will say the love of money is the root of all kinds of... Or, I'm sorry. People will say money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of money. The big difference there. Because there's actually a ministry office. Talk about Pastor Ralph and his gifts. Uh, the, the, the seminar we're, we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks. How many know there's a biblical office, the office of the giver? where God sends cash into your life so he can grow his kingdom, so he can do what he wants to do, right? So it's, God isn't against people being blessed. He's against hoarding unto self and selfish living and love of money. And it says here, uh, just to finish this, this portion of scripture, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So again, God's not opposed to you having money. He's opposed to money having you. Amen. All right, uh, uh, another thought here just to help us grow in this lifestyle of giving is to remember giving is an act of worship unto God. So Leviticus 27.30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belong to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So this is a biblical giving principle of, of the, the top 10% being given to the Lord first and foremost, this principle of tithe. I can remember as a new Christian growing in the grace of giving. I can remember I would come to church and my starting point is I would tip God drop a couple of bucks when the offering would go by. Then I realized, you know, I got to do, do a little better than that. And then I started giving consistency. And then I began to grow in the word and I understood the principle of the tithe. And I can remember growing into the place of being able to say, praise God, I'm tithing off the net of my income. And then I can remember growing to the place of tithing off the gross and then moving into, so what beyond uh, tithe can I do to, to be in a place of generosity? And, uh, you know, Pastor Ralph, I, uh, he, re, he not corrected, but he shared in first service, came from Pastor Walt. Uh, but for me, it stands out. I remember Pastor Ralph many time in, in, in receiving the offering, he would say, you know, uh, men receive the tithes, but the Lord receives our faith. Now, I just want you to know that sounded much better in the second service. I killed it in the first service, but he corrected me and you guys bore the benefit of, of how that all turned out, right? So it, here's the thing. We, when, when we sow, hey, even if it's Giving to somebody, like, again, I, I don't want this to be a, uh, um, 
for just within the walls of the church, when there's an opportunity where we know God is putting on our heart to give ourselves to somebody, and maybe it's, it's challenging. Have you ever had God want you to come wash somebody's feet, uh, serve them, and they're not fun to serve? Well, how do we do that? And how do we do that without it hurting us uh, or, or us getting yucky? That's a deep spiritual word, yucky on the inside, right? Well, when we do it as worship unto the Lord, then, then, then all it is is a sweet fragrance for him, and then we wind up being blessed. Heard a sweet story. Um, you know, years ago, it was custom in churches for people to bring their offerings, to bring their gifts to the front of the church. And there was a well-known preacher that was making an appeal to this congregation to give for a really great kingdom cause. And many came to present their offerings of love, but there was a very touching scene. There was a young girl, the girl was handicapped, she was crippled. And uh, it, it was touching to watch her struggle to make her way down to the front at which point she had a ring that she took off her finger and she placed it on, on the altar as, as a part of her giving. And the, uh, the preacher saw that and after the service he called for the girl and he said, my, my dear, I saw what you did and it, it was just beautiful. But the response of the people has been so generous uh, that they've taken care of the need here. So we don't feel right about keeping your treasured ring. So, so we've decided to give it back to you. And as he's saying, we've decided to give it back to you. She's going like this. And, and, and out of the mouth of this little girl, you know, she, she said, you don't understand. I didn't give the ring to you. I gave it to God. Amen. Ah. Oh. I love it when kids just do like the mic drop moments that, you know, we got to kind of catch up or we need to be reminded on, right? Another principle uh, uh, that's so important, so uh, giving is worship to God, but giving ministers to others so powerfully. Man, sometimes it's a caring word. Sometimes it's be being willing to listen. Little did we know that nobody else in the world was listening, but we were used of the Lord to just bring such encouragement. Maybe it's one word of I believe in you. Maybe it's a simple act of kindness. Maybe it's our dollars and our cents coming together in our offering. And when we talk about that mobile center, do you know someday there's going to be a young woman that's contemplating uh, an abortion that is going to find her way to that mobile center and because of the love and care, because that thing exists, she's going to make a different choice. Amen. Amen. I mean, and, and that's what we're looking at, our giving uh, ministers to others so powerfully. I love Pastor Nate when he did that the, uh, with the string last week, showing we have no idea the, the ripple effect that comes just from our generosity. And I hope you're okay with the stories this morning. I kind of got on the story bandwagon because I found so many that were touching my heart. So there was a, a, a young man that was uh, working his way through medical school, and in order to pay his bills, he was selling books house to house. Um, and uh, he showed up at one house. This is a little more of a rural area, hot summer day, super humid. So uh, a young lady answered the door and he said, could I trouble you for a, for a cool glass of water? And she said, you know, better yet, you know, we're a farm. I'll give you the best 
cool, chilled glass of milk that, that, that probably you've had and, and welcomed him in and just gave him this glass of milk and just, he was so appreciative and so thankful. And she, you know, closed the door and went about her business and he left and went on his way. But, you know, that young lady grew up and uh, at, at a point where she was in middle age, she was having uh, some health issues uh, to the point where she went to the hospital and now she's actually at Sloan Kettering uh, to where the doctor, uh, Dr. Kelly, who was the chief surgeon at the time uh, starts to give very special attention to her case and realizes that there's quite a bit that needs to be done for her surgically, not only uh, in the moment, but then as far as her recovery goes, it was a very complicated recovery. And he just took such a wonderful care in, in making sure she was okay to the point where she needed to be at the hospital for quite some time. She had a private room during all this time. And, and after the weeks and the weeks and the weeks went by, she was finally ready to go home. And as she's starting to see that, that time coming, she's starting to have greater angst of, at some point here, somebody's going to be showing me a bill. And I've been here for a long time, and there's a lot that's been done here. And so she's just started feeling the weight of that and the weight of that and the weight of that. And then the administrative person came at, you know, that time of checkout, and she looked and sure enough saw pages of, of, of fees and charges that were being racked on. And, and it said, said on the bottom of this paper, paid in full by one refreshing glass of milk. Because that chief surgeon was the guy who came to her house door to door. Isn't that, I mean, you can't make this stuff up, right? Like the way God will work. The power of, of, of what happens when we just take the time to be generous. She was generous with her time. It wasn't the end of the world. She didn't sell her home. She didn't, you know, it wasn't this big catastrophic thing in order to be generous. She just took the time. And that so stood out in that man's heart. That so touched that that surgeon's heart that it came back to her in a way that she just never could have imagined. Hey, doesn't that remind you, uh, you know, we could get to heaven and be shown the bill? And it's going to say at the bottom of that, pill, that, 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 uh, that bill, paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Glory to God. He was the first one to be generous. He went first. And, and although you can't make a comparison between a glass of milk and what the Lord did for us on the cross, the, the, the point that we can take away is we never know how much of an impact that we're having on someone else. All right, so with that, that was the um, last uh, of the points where we want to look at uh, what will prep us, what will help us move into a lifestyle of generosity. Let's paint a little bit what it will look like for these last couple of minutes here. All right, so what does a lifestyle of generosity look like? Well, it is consistent and bountiful sowing. So a lifestyle of generosity involves us just sowing to others. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So this says the, the attitude with which we sow ultimately comes back to us. There was a very rich merchant who had lived in a city and he passed away. And he left his entire estate to a group of monks that lived in the city with whom he was acquainted. And his instructions in the will uh, directed them to give his only son that which they wished. So they interpreted the will to mean the son should only get what they decided to give him. The estate was $300,000. 
So the monks discussed it and decided that of the $300,000, they would give the man's son 10000 and they would keep 290000 of it. When the decision was made known, the attorney in charge of the will told them that they had misread the will. I don't know if you follow where I'm going. They thought it was their decision to give the son whatever they decided, but the will stated whatever they wished for, the son would get. So when they brought their decision to the lawyer, the son got the 290000 that they wished for, and they got the 10. Huh? Something to be said for reading the contract carefully, huh? But boy, did it not put the finger on, hey, a little bit of a selfish heart there in, in how they made their determination. Right? And, and we know that when God calls us to sow, we know that when God calls us to give, we work within this kingdom principle, Philippians 4.19. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So he has to start with us bringing ourselves into his economy. But again, he starts with, hey, I model generosity, and I'm going to have you as my child grow in generosity as well. Second thing about what it looks like, it's joyful. So, you know... Uh, it is a really big deal for us as, as a church uh, in our value to not ever get heavy-handed in taking an offering. You know, bolt the back doors and, you know, uh, check people's pockets when they leave. You know, we don't take our Trinity mo motorcycle ministry and have them go around and take the offering, you know, with their leather jackets and their, you know. Um, and in fact, we never, I want you to hear this loud and clear, we never want anybody ever, ever, ever to fear, feel coerced, manipulated, or strong-armed into giving. Because it's the exact opposite. First and foremost is us walking as disciples of Christ. And he wants our giving to come from a place of faith. And out of a place of faith, it's going to be joyful. You know, now if you're crabby and you give, we'll take it. Right? Amen? You know, but, but that's not what we're looking for. I'm just joking. That was a joke there. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm talking about wallets here and people are getting super sober, but... 2 Corinthians 9, 7 to 11 says this, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So here's the context of God wanting us to be generous. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed uh, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. You see what God wants to do in our lives? That we would be able to be generous on every occasion. And the context here is God saying, you're my kid. I'm going to meet every one of your needs, but I'm going to do it in such a way that when I call you to give it away, give it away, it's not going to be a, a problem to do it. So uh, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's move on. Sometimes our giving is in secret. So uh, this speaks into a point I'm going to make in another minute about our, our motives. But it says in Matthew 6, verse 1, uh, moving out from there, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. 
So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Notice it goes on here. This is still part of this context. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you that they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you uh, openly. Amen. So the whole idea here is that the motive behind this thing uh, is, is about our relationship with the Lord, about us following what he is instructing us to do and walking it out that way. Uh, hey, and have you ever given anonymously? just to see uh, somebody receive the blessing. Isn't it even more encouraging when they don't know where it came from, right? To just have done that secretly. Uh, Okay, another thing here, uh, it's about quality, not quantity. Uh, I won't go through the whole verse because Pastor Nate hit that really well last week, but Mark 12, uh, verses 41 to 44, uh, talk about Jesus and the widow and the two mites. But the idea that I just want to make sure that we realize part of the lifestyle of giving here is it's about quality. And uh, remember, what we give out of our excess, I think that really moves more into the department of uh, stewardship. Whereas when we look at giving generously has to do with sacrifice and has to do with our heart. Giving what we have extra of, although that is, that is worthwhile, the, the kind of giving that moves into generosity uh, is something that, that's uh, of much more of a quality on the inside. So for instance, I could have $10,000 and give 1000 Wow, $1,000, how great that is. You could have $20 and give 10 and the quality of your 10 is greater than the quality of my 1000 Amen? And that's a lot what, what Pastor Nate was uh, hitting last week. So, All right, and then, then let's look at this here. It's with a pure heart, generous life in Christ. Biblically, it's with a pure heart and pure motives. I know we leaned into that just a minute ago when we talk about uh, sometimes it's in secret. But our motivation for giving should be based on love. And, and you know, let me just give a caution. You know, if we don't live our lives instructed by the Lord in the balance of the Lord, which means there will be Sabbath times, there will be times of rest and replenishment, rhythms of life. Can you say amen? If we're just going, 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 we're in danger of getting burnt out. The Lord doesn't want us to burn out. So, so we have to watch that. But I also want to speak to if, because I know I've had this happen, if we find ourselves stumbling or getting resentful of others because of something that we're giving to them, whether it's our time, our talent, or our treasure. I don't think I was appreciated enough. I don't think I was noticed enough. I don't think that this or that or whatever, or now they've gone and asked me again, what's their problem? Come on, don't wave at me. Can you say amen? Right? We, we've all had those times. You know what's going to deliver us from getting into that, that place, which is not a good place for us to be on the inside? It is to make sure that it's always as unto the Lord, right? That make sure that we're giving with a pure heart and pure motives. Church, let me, let me just confess, there's been times where I've given to be recognized. 
There's time, I'm talking about giving of my heart, giving of my life, serving in a particular area because I needed recognition. I needed approval. I needed affirmation. Come on, can anybody else say amen? And you want to know what God is so good? There, I can remember one specific time I was boiling. I'll tell you what, it was early on in a missions trip and I was just boiling because it wasn't being noticed. And the Lord so lovingly cleaned my clock. And it's like, that's right, that's right. Nobody noticed. What's it all about? And I had to get on my face. I had to do business with God. I had to really get it back to what's it all about here. I had to purify my heart and my motives. So that's something, you know, we're all in different places in the Lord here. Some of us, you know, new in the Lord, we're thinking, all right, wow, this is the life about sowing away and sacrifice and laying my life down for others. And, and uh, okay, that's new. I got to step into it. If we've been at it for a while, for some of us, it's, it's I got to get back to making sure that I make it the main thing, the main thing, that my heart is in the right place, that it's worship as unto the Lord. And the good news is if we stay in that place, his bounty and his blessing is going to pour. Amen? Amen. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.17, unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those sent by God. What a beautiful verse about walking in the purity of just uh, unfolding God's will. All right, the last one we're going to look at, we're going to close here. Um, The lifestyle of generosity seeks the provider, not the provision. And again, Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the other things will be added unto us. So as we get ready to close, again, if you have your notes, if you want to look, I, I have several things as some uh, action steps, some follow-up that we want to walk out and walk through. Remember, to, the, the key to a generous lifestyle is going to be a work that God does in the heart. Um, and a second key to get our, our second key to walk out a life of generosity, hear me, is to get our life where we live within our means. Thank you for that, amen. Where was that? Over here somewhere. Living within our means, calendar within our means, spending within our means living within our means so that there is room for God to lead us and grow us and move us into a place of generosity. And so I say that because uh, when we look at our action steps here, let me take a step back. First and foremost is if Jesus Christ is not Lord of our life, then that God who supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory, he's not reigning in our heart yet. So we got to get God living on the inside, make him Lord of our lives. We've got to take care of the eternal need first. But then from there, we need to recognize that there is an aspect of doing our life in God's kingdom that absolutely includes our, our finances and includes our sacrifice as we walk with him. Sacrificing, giving up, paying prices uh, to, to walk with God, to be his instrument toward others. So is Christ Lord of our lives? If not, let's make him Lord today day. Uh, Second, um, we can go away from this message spending some time evaluating our generosity. Again, I I made mention earlier, I ran into Ed and Don uh, on on Saturday morning. I was uh, going over to the office, it was around 10 o'clock, and I think it had rocketed to like 20 degrees by 10 o'clock. And then just chit-chatting with them, thinking, you know, they they got there at 7 o'clock in the morning 
it was cold. It was cold. And, and I just started, you know, actually I was thinking about this inside. There are so many that so regularly lay your lives down for others. You, you live a life of generosity. So I invite you, take some inventory. Where are you, uh, where are you living the generosity that God has called you to do. Think about people that are just faithfully serving in our kids' ministry week in and week out in our youth ministry. And, and uh, I was thinking about uh, Donna and Ralph Ferry who are over in first service and, and divorce care. They've just, there's just so many of you that have been so faithful for so long. And then there's those that you love, care for, and serve that are outside the walls of this church. That God knows, that the Lord knows what you're doing to minister to love and care for them. So in what ways are you generous? And then, hey, we, we don't want to stay where we are. We want to keep growing in the grace of giving. In what ways can you improve? Like I know there's been times where, you know, sometimes as a pastor in conversation, people will say, um, listen, I'm really busy. Don't mess with my calendar. But here's a check. You know, there's other times where people will say, you can have my time, stop talking about my wallet. You know, and then there's others who will come along and say, you know, uh, hey, you can have this or that, but um, this area I'm gifted, I, I, just for whatever reason, I don't want to step into that and use that for the Lord. So we just want to give room for God to show us, Lord, where is it that you want us to step out and grow in the grace of giving? And, uh, you, you know, let me move on now uh, to the next point here. How healthy is your personal financial life? Let me talk now about living within your means. And if, like, let's say if there's somebody here that, that would say, I would love to give to God, but I can't. Maybe there's some that would say, my finances are a train wreck. What do I do with that before God? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because we do have an amazing course that we offer with great regularity called Financial Peace University. And uh, it, it, it literally takes time. It, it's Dave Ramsey. And uh, how many know that our American culture, if you just let yourself get carried along, you will wind up really being in a sorry place financially? Our culture spends billions of dollars trying to get you and I as indebted as possible. So this is an opportunity to go through and say, I'm going to bring my finances to a place where, uh, where there's margin, where things are healthy, and where there is room for God to work in my life. So we've had people come to the member class and say, um, I know you teach tithing. I know tithing is a biblical principle. I'm upside down. I'm, I'm literally, literally so in, in a challenging place. What do I do? And we have said this all along. Give it to God now. Start now surrendering, surrendering your finances over to God and do something. Do something to start sowing into the kingdom of God. Amen? There's always something that we can do. And think about it this way. If there's somebody saying, the cupboards are empty, no more food, just got this handful of seeds, I better eat all my seeds. The last thing I would tell somebody, don't eat all the seeds, put some in the ground so you don't seal your doom uh, as far as uh, any future harvest. Right? So, so there, there's, there might be a process, but I can tell you this, because I, I, I'll tell you, church, I lived this. My finances were a train wreck. And I got slowly sucked into American culture, revolving credit, all this stuff, and got to the point of, Lord, how do I get out of this? And it was just trust him, trust him, sow, trust him, listen, obey, 
pay the prices, and then little by little by little, and then sometimes just just shot breakthrough. God, look what you just did. And if we will surrender our finances to him, trust him that way, be willing to start the sowing process, watch what he will do in your life. Amen? Come on, can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. There are people in this room, amen, glory to God. There are people in this room that God has abundance that he wants to pour through you. You know, but uh, we, we could, uh, it's a whole nother, that's why Dave Ramsey, it's a whole series of steps to walk through and things to really grasp and understand well worth our while to do. All right, as we get ready to close in prayer, one of the last things here, we can memorize 2 Corinthians 9 verses 7 and 8, and that's just to keep before our eyes walking out uh, this lifestyle of generosity. Amen? I'm going to pray in just a moment, but then I'm going to invite you. We have some of these widows' mites uh, that, that arrived on Monday. <laughs> uh, that we just wanted to give honor because I thought, Pastor Nate, that was such a good idea. But I know for me, I, I took two. Uh, and I remember, you know, Pastor Tom saying, well, you got to take two because there was two widow's mites that she dropped in. And, you, you know, so, uh, you know, I just want to keep these in a place where I just keep being reminded. You know, I, I think for me, the biggest thing out of what was preached today, I want to be always reminded people are valuable. I want to add value right? We want to listen. God, you've called me. These little widow's mites are, Lord, whatever is in my hands, you, you want me to be blessed, to be a blessing. So whatever God is most speaking to you today, why not grab these, put them in a place where you'll see them, and just be stirred up and reminded and confess and declare what it is that God wants to do here today. Amen? And you know, something I, I, I just feel prompted I want to do here that we didn't do in first service, I want to pray over everyone's finances as well. Just that and whatever, whatever's going on that is not of God's kingdom, uh, that that'll be arrested and that we'll start moving forward. So, Father, as we close here today, we are so grateful for this time we had. Lord, thank you for your presence and your stirring during our, our time of worship. And Lord, now as we're looking at th this topic of generosity, it's, it's, it's living as worshipers of you with our lives surrendered. Lord, recognizing that you desire to bless so that we could be a blessing. Lord, we want it to truly be our lifestyle, that we have a lifestyle of generosity. So I pray as we leave here today, Holy Spirit, that you would show us where are we hitting it? Where have we got it? Where, are we, where have we grown? And then, Lord, where are you taking us? Where do we need to step up? Where do we need to surrender? And Father, we just now stand in agreement around this room, Lord, uh, asking your mighty power Lord, we surrender our finances to you just afresh and anew today. Everything that would encompass our finances, for whoever wants to agree in this prayer, you just do that too. Lord, my finances are surrendered to you. Lord, we pray wherever things have gotten in a mess, Lord, wherever we have leaned into debt, wherever we have mismanaged, Lord, wherever we have overextended, Lord, we repent in the name of Jesus. Lord, wherever we have uh, moved outside of our means, we repent in the name of Jesus. And God, in surrender to you, we ask that you would now take us by the hand and walk us into wholeness financially. Walk us into health financially. Wherever there is a spirit of poverty, wherever there is a spirit of lack, we break your power now in the name of Jesus. 
Wherever there is generational curse of poverty and lack, we break your power now in the name of Jesus. And we speak your blessing, the God who is more than enough. Thank you for coming in and working. Lord, in each household, in each set of uh, 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 finances here, work for your glory. We trust you. We surrender it all to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Well. God bless you, everybody. Uh, feel free to come up and, and grab the, uh, the mics here. They'll be up front. Uh, anybody who's new, we welcome you to our, our visitor room. Anybody who needs prayer, folks will be here to pray. Have a great day. Amen.